Good dawnings, my fair lads and ladies. And good dawnings to you. (laughs) Welcome to Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast that was given a five-star review as recently as October of 2021. (laughs) It has been a long time since anybody reviewed us on iTunes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten any bad reviews recently either, but... (laughs) No news is good news. Right, yeah. We're just going to you know, ride that wave. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that good feeling still <laughs> rippling through. Exactly. Uh, so my name's Brent, and I'm joined this week by a man who needs no introduction. And joining us is a man who proves you need more than three cups of flour and an egg to call yourself a gingerbread man. Ski. <laughs> so, Hi. Well, I- I'm Alan, by the way. <laughs> this week you need the- no introduction. <laughs> this week, the needlessly introduced Alan <laughs> will be providing a brief recap of Season 6, Episode 23, Love for Sale. Mm. Afterwards, we'll pick our MVP and award the episode update slices of cheesecake. If the good Lord wills it, we'll also choose our favorite line of the evening. Alan? Okay, thank you. Uh, well, I don't have any listener interactions for this episode. Do either of you two have anything special or out of the ordinary you'd like to mention? Uh, yeah, that t-shirt you showed me, it's a... Uh... God, are you there? It's me, Mario. That'll probably be my favorite line of the episode. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Had a low opinion of this one, or just a really high opinion no, of that shirt? No, that seems funny to me. Fair enough. But. Okay. And well. you just showed it to us, so it counts. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but it was before the introduction, so uh, it may end at the after. For the I, and I don't even you know. You show me the picture again. That way it'll <laughs> count. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is that I don't know if we said anything funny enough to be worth putting on the end anyway. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know when I re-listen to it as I'm editing, I'll I'll make that determination. So, yeah. so as you must. What's your shirt say? What is my oh, Goonies never die? Gotcha. It's funny because Liam literally just asked me what my shirt says oh, when yeah. I was upstairs. <laughs> um, so have all have any of the cast members passed away though? I mean, not the kids. Probably some of the parents. Well, I would consider the kids the Goonies, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, like Anne Ramsey, she did. Yeah. Sloth, I think, is dead. Um, Joe Pantalone is alive. Uh, Robert Davi, he's dead. Um, but yeah, the kids themselves. Would you alive. consider Sloth to be a Goonie? Oh, yeah. Oh, then I guess the Goonies do die. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well. Don't I guess... you consider him a Goonie? Yeah, I'd say so. He, he was a Goonie at Not the enough end. baby Ruth in the diet. <laughs> at the very least, he was an honorary Goonie. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, I don't have any. Martha list. Plimpton's alive. That's true. Mm-hmm. Carrie uh, Wall is alive. I think uh, Martha Wall is alive in your heart, regardless. Mm-hmm. James Brolin is alive. Mm-hmm. Josh Brolin is too. Yeah. <laughs> Good for both Brolins. <laughs> John Aston, he's alive. Mm-hmm. His dad was John Aston. Really? Yeah. I learned that recently, fairly recently. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Anybody else who's uh, Any other alive, Astons? you would like to uh, confirm? <laughs> Uh, who was the data, the kid from the short, movie you like? Short round. Yeah, it's everything um, everywhere all at once. Yeah, I don't remember what his name is, but he's still alive. Yeah, Larry Bird's still alive. Like, I want to take a guess at his name, but I'm sure it'd be horrendously racist. Like, Probably. I have no idea what it is. Oh, if you were just gonna take a wild guess, yeah, I don't <laughs> see any other way it could go unless you just went like Steve. Well, no, that's what. Like, I think I might know, but I also think that well, if I'm wrong, I'm gonna be way too wrong to <laughs> come back from. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like if I was trying to guess a, a, a name that I thought was American or, you know, ink, like from our country. Yeah, yeah. Um, traditionally. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's Steve. And you're like, well, it's uh, Stefano. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's not really that close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now it makes me sound like I'm a generalization. Exactly. So. Like, I think it's Steve. It's like, actually, it's Long Duck Dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, anyways. Uh, so without anything else to add to the start of the episode. Um, I do want to see that movie, though. The Everything Everywhere All at Once. I, I love that movie. You said yeah, it was really good. Was yeah. I, now, Grant, it's funny because I was looking at it at Redbox that I wanted to rent it, and the only place it seems to be available to stream was like Showtime. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get a yeah. you know, membership to, yeah. s- to Showtime or a subscription for that. Yeah. But I was looking at Redbox, and boy, it is split. Like, the critics gave it really high reviews. Uh-huh. And I'd imagine both the red box audiences. It's 50 50. It's five stars or one star. Like, and I really think it's something. Have you seen it yet, Ski? No, I have not. It is a movie. It is, it is an odd movie in certain ways. And I think that you have to kind of watch through it to get to the deeper meaning of it. And it like, like I said, it's a profound effect on me, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's like people were like, oh, man, that movie was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Or like, how oh, that movie was weird and stupid. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even make it through it. Yeah. <laughs> and I did see one review that was said something to the effect of like, 
if you're one of the people giving these uh giving this movie a one star review, you're just not smart enough to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just patronizing. <laughs> well, yeah, and there are a couple parts in it like I don't like that at all. I don't like that. Uh, you know what? I think if you watched it and you enjoyed it, you might feel the same. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just don't like that that whole mindset. Yeah, I mean, it would be I'll, like I agree with you when you say that. Yeah, that would be like me saying, "What do you mean? You only give Mama's Family one star? Obviously, you're not smart enough to understand it." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think though that it's like with the context of their reviews, uh-huh. then you feel a little bit less. Oh, uh, they just me like, no likey bad movie punctuation and just well, all no, lowercase not, letters. Not that so much, but just like their review of it is. N- too many Chinamen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's just not substantive. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I couldn't even make it through it. And it's like, well, then you didn't make yeah, it through to the true. parts that... Mattered. Yeah, exactly. So, Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's not like it's... It would be different if someone was like, yeah, I made it through it. I watched it. I understand what it was about, but I just hated the mm-hmm. you know presentation of yeah, it. Yeah. It's more people who seem to just get really caught up in the gotcha. other aspects. So. Yeah. Either way, though, I still agree. You shouldn't generalize that people yeah. are dumb just because they don't like what you like. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I rewatched the um, most recent Charlie's Angels movie oh, yeah? again, and I enjoyed it the first time, and I even liked it even more the second time. Oh, very nice. As Bill Murray as Charlie or something, right? Or it has Elizabeth Banks as Charlie and Patrick Stewart's a Charlie and Jamon Hanchul is a Charlie. And yeah, but isn't Bill Murray part of it? No, he was in um like the the Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. the first one that she what did, you and I rewatched that to? one too. Mm-hmm. Like the most most recent one that came out like two years ago or so. Oh, I don't think I even heard about that one. It's good. It's really good. I enjoyed it. I might have to check that out at some point. I don't believe I've ever seen the most most recent one. Yeah. So, I, so I, but I rewatched the other two as well. Oh, okay. like the two Drew Barrymores, and then this one. Did you enjoy all three? Oh yeah, I did. I really did. It's a solid little. It was Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu, right? Correct. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And then the first one had um. Bill Murray, and then the second one had um, uh, Bernie Mac. Oh, okay. Um, and and then like so, Bernie Mac took over. Um, and it wasn't Charlie; it was Bosley. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Uh, so Bernie Mac took off the. So, it's Bill Murray's Bosley, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if you would consider it an upgrade or a downgrade to get Bernie Mac as Bosley. Okay, your mileage may vary, and there's really no wrong answer. I would say, okay. okay? But they end that second one with Bosley sort of laying the groundwork for the third Bosley, you know, which was, um, you know, like a 15-year-old Sheila LaBeouf, uh-huh. you know? And I definitely think that's a downgrade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just... I, I think that's what objectively a downgrade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing they mothballed that franchise yeah, yeah. for <laughs> 20 years. All right, well, today, as Brent has already alluded to, we're going over Golden Girls Season 6, Episode 23, Love for Sale. Uh, this one debuted on April 6, 1991. Correct. Written by uh, Don Siegel and Jerry Perzigian. Mm-hmm. And then it was directed by Peter D. Bett. And if Brent would like some other information on him, he can check IMDb himself, because I do not uh, look into the directors <laughs> as Brent does. Really? Yeah, in our last episode that I recapped, which had been about three weeks ago, yeah. you gave me a lot of shit for not knowing anything about that director, so uh-huh. I'm just upfront about it that I also don't know shit about this director, <laughs> other than I believe it's his first Golden Girls. I just like a little, I like to know where they've come from and where they're going. Okay. You know, where does this episode fit into their oeuvre? Well, as far as I'm concerned, he's Cotton Eye Joe, because I don't know <laughs> where he came from or where he goes. <laughs> So. You know, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm gonna, like, I'll go look it up now, and I'll be like, you know, for the record, the man directed Barbarella, <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna have egg on your face, sir. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't think that'd be the one. <laughs> like, if you were like, for the record, the man directed Star Wars, <laughs> then I'd be like, wow, and I do feel kind of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that name didn't ring a bell. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, that'd be crazy though. Like this episode directed by George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> George Lucas. <laughs> Jorge Lucas. Apparently, his previous uh, works Jorge include science fiction and. <laughs> so I know Ski is a fan of Anchorman. Are you a fan of Anchorman, Brent? It's okay. Okay, it's one of my favorite comedy movies. Yeah. Um, and the other day, Gwen was talking about something. 
and she was talking about jogging, like something they had to do in school and like mm-hmm. in gym class. And I was like, mm-hmm. I believe it's pronounced yogging. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, she didn't get that at all because yeah. she hasn't seen the movie. So it's like, I think it's time. She's 15. I don't think there's anything in there too objectionable yeah, for a 15 yeah. year old. So, yeah. I mean, and they may say something suggestive about Veronica, but I don't think it's in bad taste right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's not crude. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. she agree with the uh, alternate definition of San Diego? I don't believe so. I mean, I guess whale's <laughs> vagina is a little crude, but um, but even still, I'd say it's for a fifteen-year-old. I think it's reasonable. Well, and she's also a girl, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, uh, scene one. Uh, our tale begins <laughs> in the kitchen with Sophia making an Italian dessert that I've never heard of, uh, Zeboglione. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, or, no. Yeah, so uh, Ze- but I'd never heard of you know tuna quiche either. So. That's true. Yeah. The Baglione, I believe. Uh, anyways, we find out that this special treat is for Uncle Angelo, who will be mm-hmm. arriving soon. I believe his plane's coming in at like 4 o'clock, something it is, like it that. Is. Uh, Rose comes in and uh, declines an offer for one of the desserts. It appears to be kind of like a little thing that goes into maybe six little, little cups, like a mousse-type yeah, dessert, something like of that a, nature. Um, like a flan-type thing? Yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but she declines it. Like be- a tart. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like a tart. Uh but Rose declines it because uh, she's trying to lose weight for the... She is dieting for a charity auction where the antiquities available will be dates with the girls. Mm-hmm. Who are antiquities. Yep, exactly. Um, I would say if this is like chronologically accurate at all, uh, Blanche should be in good shape because she just dieted in the last episode. Blanche died in the last episode? Dieted. Oh, dieted, yes. Sorry. <laughs> for her boudoir photograph. That's correct, yeah. yeah she died, and then by, then by now... She should be mostly bone. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice Which is what all the fellows nice, like. <laughs> nice and slim. <laughs> oh, baby, your ribs are showing. You got that Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dorothy says that she is uh, not going and that it's degrading, to which Blanche replies, if you can't degrade yourself for a bunch of sick kids, who can you degrade yourself for? Mm-hmm. I think I would kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, Would you say that there's any group or population that you would feel more comfortable or more willing, I guess I should say, to degrade yourself. Uh, People who listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So you do that every week. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There's a lot more sick kids in the world than people who listen to this podcast. (laughs) Oh, but would that it were flipped. (laughs) Wouldn't that be odd if we were like... (laughs) The podcast that they played at pediatric hospitals and things of that nature. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the dying kids are like, nurse, can you please turn that off? Yeah, and she's like, the podcast, no, this machine keeping me alive, it's not worth it. <laughs> if this is what entertainment has come to, <laughs> checking out early is my best option. Exactly. It's only to get worse over time. Right. You hear pounding at the door, and it's a cease and desist from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, little Johnny's <laughs> his one wish was to shut you down. <laughs> Did you go underground with our podcast? Exactly. You ain't silencing me, Johnny. (laughs) We're going straight to YouTube. I like the idea that uh, Make a Wish is like a law. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, no. Make a Wish would have to have filed the injunction. Oh, okay. So the whole process, they went through the whole song. Yeah, someone, someone, you know, petitioned Make a Wish. Make a Wish had to get through the law, you know, to, you know, injunction. Injunction had to be put through in the courts, and then you had to be served, you know? Habeas corpus, and we're back to the tort. <laughs> <laughs> if, a, uh, if for some reason a child, a, a, a terminally ill child, uh-huh. make a wish, was that you got beaten up, <laughs> okay. would you let somebody beat you up for a, for a terminally ill child? Like, I think as long as the terminally ill child is willing to do the beating, then yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like if he thinks he can take some at me, then that's fine. <laughs> Let's go. Well, you walk in and he looks but like I'm the not rock. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to let some terminally ill kids like, oh, I got Joe Mangione to <laughs> I'm 17. <laughs> I've been on the roids. That's right. what caused this here cancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I listened to one episode of this podcast, and I knew the only thing I wanted to do was beat that guy's ass. <laughs> I've never heard a voice so hateable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, 
sick kid wants to put up or shut up, that's fine. You know, we'll rumble. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going toe to toe with Dave Bautista just because <laughs> he wants to get on entertainment tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he is. You know, granted, he's in good shape, but he is still like in his fifties. I think he's. You know, coming close to sixty or yeah. something like that. Have you, have you seen a uh, Glass Onion yet? No, not yet. I really I do want to see it. I watched it just though. last week. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. I yeah. liked it. Like his head's all wrinkly, like he's part Sharpay or something. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I mean, he said something recently about being glad to be done with the Marvel movies. Like yeah. I think Guardians Three to, is will be his last. Yeah, uh, doesn't have to stay in ungrateful. His you know, yeah, because it's like. You were nothing acting wise exactly. prior to this, and yeah. this has opened up a lot of doors for you because, it, you know, I, I haven't. In fairness, I have not seen much, maybe any, of his non-Marvel acting. Yeah, I've um, seen the Glass Onion and the James Bondy did, okay. but I've not seen the one where he's like, you know, the bodyguard to the little kid or something. Yeah, like the hitman uncle or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, it is kind of a crappy way and it's like listen your legacy was one of two things mm-hmm. wrestler or drax which one do you prefer mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, i don't yeah, think yeah. i don't think drax is any sillier than wrestler exactly <laughs> so. exactly when history remembers you do you want to be remembered with robert downey jr or king kong bundy <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> in fairness that is a tough call <laughs> all right well uh, back into the episode uh Dorothy. So if we got one listener who appreciates the clash. How many do you think like King Kong Bundy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It, let's see. Three. So Three. It was one. I would say one listener is related to somebody who likes King Kong Bundy. <laughs> he met the man. He met the man. Met right. I would say at least more may have, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would say more heard about it. I'm sure a lot of people heard of the clash. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the clash. Well, like Brent said, they got a little resurgence from. Yeah. From Stranger Things, mm-hmm. so I mean, granted that song never really went away though, yeah, although it got a bump for the younger younger set with that. But I think it's funny for us to think that the younger set is what's listening to this either. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, well, in the hospital, yeah, true. <laughs> they don't have a choice. <laughs> it's the only podcast available. <laughs> like they don't have the licensing to download <laughs> Go Rogan for the kids. Exactly. So. It's all their HMO will cover. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no Conan O'Brien for you. <laughs> no Spotify are... originals for you. Yeah. <laughs> get public domain podcasts. If you want another one, uh, you'll have to pay $30 out of pocket for an out-of-network as in or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Really shines a light on the uh, insignificance or the, the uh, incompetence of our current medical system. Uh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the insignificance of those little children's lives. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so Dorothy reluctantly agrees to participate. In his defense, it's not like they're contributing to society. That's true. <laughs> they're really just taken at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so He Dorothy... says, in my defense, as if I'd see it, said it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just defending you for... You Hypothetically. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had I said what you thought I was going to say. Mm-hmm. To justify your imaginary hate mongering. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, let's be honest, has gotten a lot worse since you became a grandfather. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. I, I remember when I first met you, I was like, oh, he's like the kindly Grandpa Joe. And now you're like the crotchety Grandpa George. <laughs> <laughs> His Grandpa My George. My Grandpa was named George. Oh, was he? <laughs> was he kind of crotchety? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm named after him, actually. Oh, really? Jeff, the GEO. Mm-hmm. I think they took that and they put uh, the old for, for from George. They put it in the Jeff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if that counts as named after. Do you? No, if that's, you get three letters that's out of a name. The explanation my parents gave me. Mm, okay, fair so, enough. I mean, he didn't want any of his grandkids named George apparently because he didn't like his own name. Oh, okay. And so they, so s- they took three letters out of spite and, <laughs> and then added double F for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that you should, uh, Brent, if you ever, well, I guess you won't have any other kids. You've mm-hmm. already made medically sure of that. Um, <laughs> Chemical but, castration. Yeah. Um, Chemical castration. <laughs> wow. You took it a whole step further <laughs> than just your more common. Exactly. Um, like slash and burn rainforest yeah. technology. <laughs> well, I was going to say you should try to come up with the clever acronym for your next child um, <laughs> that uh, 
I guess there will be no next child for you to do such. If you get a grandkid, you should, you know, come up with a name for that, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insist that your children name him. <laughs> I don't know if Bran has that much sway over his adult children, God willing, his adult children when there's babies coming. Yeah. So. Hope they want to stay in that will. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, Dorothy... Get that Re- podcast money. God damn it, every time I try to say this sentence... <laughs> Dorothy interruption. reluctantly agrees to participate and leave the room. No, that was interruption. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't interjecting that time. At least not that most recent time. <laughs> Every other time I'd go with interjection, but that last time, interruption. Gotcha. Um, Rose then, uh, so Dorothy leaves the room after she reluctantly agrees to, to participate. Mm-hmm. And then Rose concocts a plan to pay somebody to be on Dorothy so she won't get stuck with the loser. I guess they're not really paying for somebody. That's the way they're I originally still donating, thought it was. Really. Yeah, it's just that they are paying the cost of the donation for that person. Right, it's still going to the same cause. Yeah. It's more or less, they're just making sure she doesn't get a dud. Don't you think that they no would know... Participation with that representation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think, though, they could find at least one halfway decent guy that they know? They'd be like, hey, listen... Even if you don't want to go out on a date with Dorothy, could you come in here and bid on her? It's a donation to this charity yeah. that you... The only guys you know are so shitty that... Like, if I was a single guy mm-hmm. and someone was like, hey, my friend, you know, she's a nice person, kind of a dog. Mm-hmm. Not that I think Dorothy is, but if she was... It's to help sick children. Exactly. It'd be like, oh, you come? I've got stuff well, to do that night. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, they should have just, you know, I don't know, went straight to Stan. You know, they'd be like, yeah. oh, you know, Stanley will jump at this. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. Put the bug in his ear instead of making him come up with it on his own. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so, so we move on to scene two. Uh, it kicks off with Stan arriving at the door and saying to Dorothy, hi, sweetie pie, how you doing? To which she replies, fine, cupcake, thanks for, thanks for asking, and then slams the door in his face. Yeah, I didn't like that. You didn't care for that? No. I thought it was kind of humorous. No. Um, I like the one he's like. Hey, it's me, Stanley. I'll agree with that. That is the way he should start every time. Well, he, comes he does in. again later. Yeah, later on. And I think he, he even takes an extra sentence in that when he's introducing it's, himself. Yeah, it's like, it's me, Stan, from the wedding or something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, but then uh, he, he comes to the door a second try uh, and says something. I can't remember what exactly she says. She's like, oh, you flatter me, and then slams the door in his face a second time. Uh, well, but, he said something like, I always love the way you could slam doors. Oh, yeah, something like that. Um, then he, then after that, he just comes, lets himself in, and reveals that uh, Uncle Morris has died and left mm-hmm. them an apartment building, a golden palace, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a deluxe apartment in the sky. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the girls come in, and Sophia assumes Stan is proposing again and yells, uh, will one of you please raise your standards? Or mm-hmm. one of you raise your standards, please, I think, to be precise. I thought that was kind of funny because it's basically like both of you are dating low yeah. on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you can both do better. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stan explains that he and Dorothy wouldn't be together, but they'd be business partners and only in this apartment. Um, and Dorothy basically declines mm-hmm. and uh, says she would never want to be in business with them and sends him away. Uh, Blanche explains that owning real estate is a great investment mm-hmm. and that having a few suckers to pay your mortgage for you is a great way to make friends. So, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. She kind of goes into... You know, basically describing how stupid these, you know, yeah, they're how are. they're patsies and they're yeah. basically paying for her house. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was funny. Um, either of you two have anything else to add before I go into scene three? I don't think so. I'm good. Okay. Uh, we're back in the living room, and Sophia and Dorothy are arriving with Uncle Angelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche compliments his appearance, and he credits it to plucking his eyebrows, saying that he now has two, and everybody loves them. I just love that little part where he's like, yeah, I've got two now. Everybody loves them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that everybody's commenting on how great his eyebrows look yeah. now that his unibrow is gone. Yeah. And the fact that he can refer to them as plural. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> them. <laughs> um, he tries some of Sophia's dessert and breaks down crying because I guess he spent all of his money on a young lady who left him for a six foot seven American basketball player. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a funny line in there. He was talking about his gingerbread. Yeah. Like he wore like a... A speedo that shows off your gingerbread and everything, mm-hmm. and then Blanche goes on like he says, "What do they have that I don't have?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, someone that tall, gingerbread alone." And they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they cut yeah. them off. That, that was, was my favorite line of the episode, and you know that's why he got the gingerbread introduction. Ah, <laughs> very nice. Um, I got it. Yeah, yeah thank you. Bob. I remembered it. 
Well, I didn't remember because I was still reeling from Brent not giving me an introduction. I was going <laughs> to circle back to it. <laughs> um, we said your name thrice in the opening <laughs> credits there. So, well, Angelo reveals that he's broke, has no savings, which is the same as being broke, um, mm-hmm. and uh, no place to live, concluding mm-hmm. that, and I've got to tell you, a lot of women find this a negative. Um, mm-hmm. Sad thing is, is how many people will still go with a guy uh, with literally <laughs> nothing going for him, um, but... Really? Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people. I think he has to at least be a little bit younger than that, though. Maybe so. Angelo's like, what, the 70s? That's true. But he's quite the Lothario, it would seem. Yeah, um, so, yeah he throws a heck of a party. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what <laughs> we hear. I don't, that whole part bothered me a little bit. We'll get to it here in a minute. But that party thing, mm-hmm. it didn't sit well, well with he, me. Didn't he uh, pose as a priest in the first time he Well, appeared? he's been posing for a priest as for, I don't know, like, 40 years, years or something, yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, but I'm sure that he's only posing to that of people who know him. Right, just to, like, maybe Sophia to, and yeah, whatnot. certain people probably, because, I mean, what, do you just show up at the church and, like, start giving masks? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's this yutz? Well, apparently mm-hmm. he had a business and everything else over in, you know, uh, Sicily or... Mm-hmm. Sicily? Yeah, I'm I think pretty so, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you anyway. think he was just molesting altar boys just to keep up appearances? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Molestering? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he says, I don't like it, but I have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> they will all know it is not me, otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, see, if we didn't bring up his past, then we wouldn't have given Brent the opportunity. Yeah, he just shoehorned <laughs> that right in there. Yeah, He didn't have to shoehorn. I think he brought it up. No, I mean the molesting. He just put that right in. Oh, well, I know, but you're the one who brought up the priesthood, and so that gave him the <laughs> opening. Yeah. So. Speaking of, you see um, that one Pope died? Yeah, Pope Benedict. Yeah, mm-hmm. exciting. Exciting? <laughs> Did you see the clip? I didn't see any clip of it. Oh, so what, like, they drop his casket or what happened? They made it exciting. <laughs> no, so like um, like the Pope Master and the Pope Apprentice had a disagreement. And so the Pope Master started shooting like these blue lightning bolts out ah. of his fingers. <laughs> and then the Pope Apprentice like picked him up and threw him down into the core <laughs> reactor of like a moon-sized space station. <laughs> exciting. Yeah, I guess. Sounds, sounds more I'm exciting sure, than this. I'm surprised I didn't get more news time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, especially in the typical... Uh, I, I can see that becoming a documentary of sorts, though. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, Pope Benedict did have a Palpatine type of a look <laughs> right. to him. <laughs> I never thought about that, but yeah, there is a similarity there. So. Yeah. Um, Master and apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> there, are only, there are always two, right? Exactly. But I don't think Pope Francis has a son. That's the only problem. <laughs> uh, anyway. He just needs to find a farm boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> works on two levels. Well, Sophia gives <laughs> an impassioned monologue and says that family will help him, um, you know, that he doesn't have to worry, and tells Blanche that she wants Angelo to move in. Blanche said, sorry, Sophia, there's no room. And Sophia says, immediately gives up. I think she's like, well, yeah, I tried. I tried yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy, with absolutely no information about availability, location, yeah. Or anything, anything else. She yeah. simply knows the building exists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be, like, condemned. We don't have any... It could also be fully booked. Yeah. It could be like... <laughs> but she agrees to let Angelo stay at the apartment um, that she and Stan have just inherited. <laughs> You'd have to think this stuff would also be going through court and shit like that, too. Yeah, there's, think, there's yeah. a big process, I'm sure. Especially with transferring property that has legal agreements with other people that live on that property. There's yeah, got to be and, a lot more to and it. And Stan and her are no longer married. Well, and Stan, too, when he's talking about it, he's like, well, you know, even with that, you know, it's a small building, but uh, you'll still make a couple hundred bucks a month. It doesn't seem like much for a freaking apartment. Well, and even and also, if you had even one tenant that was living there for free, then you would be probably operating in the red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're losing money on yeah, this. Because of Angelo. Um, <coughs> but anyway, that's the agreement that they come to, which, you know, I, I guess all... There's been plenty of things that uh, haven't made a lot of sense on this show. That's probably the least of them, in all honesty. Um, so we move on to scene four. It's uh, auction time now, and Dorothy still finds it degrading as a date with a woman who is, at least I would say, on par with the Goldens, mm-hmm. uh, is sold for $4. Uh, up next is Dorothy, who Rose says, among other things, served under President Jimmy Carter as the United States Minority Whip. Uh, in the Senate, which I thought was funny. I think he also said she was a scratch golfer. And a hang glider. Yeah, hang glider. There's one other. Worked with the lepers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny. Well, I guess we'll get to it here in a second. But um, 
Things don't go according to plan as Dorothy's date is bought by Stan for $500 instead of the plant, Terry. Yeah, it's like a bidding war. Yeah, exactly. Um, the mm-hmm. Blanche had asked to, to bid for Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Now, as they're kind of going back and forth, I do think it's funny that Blanche stands up. It's like, she just got back from working with lepers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was the, there was like some kind of uh, statement and like some other third guy bids in. Oh, yeah. Something like, would she rather have a bear lick honey off of her in the woods or something yeah, and like that? Yeah, he stands like 400. Yeah. Yeah, that I guy. Like that line. That was funny. So, um, I mean, I thought the whole scene was, uh, was fairly funny, mm-hmm. but also. Um, I have statements about the whole. Uh, the whole uh, auction after you're done. Okay, well, no, go ahead. I, I think I've said all I really need to say about it. What are your feelings on so the auction? I don't want to give away too much in the future here, but uh, so, like, I think Rose later on says they only make $5,000 for this entire auction. Yeah, well, she starts off excitedly saying they made fifty, and then realizes that they right. actually made 5000 uh, Yeah, because there's, like, a bug or something on the page, and mm-hmm. that's one point is moving. So, anyway, um, so... $5,000, I think about, you know, the 80s were a different time than now. Sure. But how far do you think $5,000 <laughs> total would really go towards helping any of the children in a, a hospital? Oh, I know. And you'd have to think that just Procedures like, are so expensive. All these people showed up in, like, tuxedos and, mm-hmm. and formal wear. It was catered. Um, mm-hmm. They would yeah. have had, I think they said something like that a limousine and whatnot would pick people up to take right. them to this yeah. date. I'm like, yeah. they're not even covering the cost of this auction for well, five grand. <laughs> three comments. Okay. Like, I'm sure they had to pay for their dinner and everything. Like, there were probably tickets to get in there. So probably. So raising money from Fair. that, you know. And it's more than just money. Um, <clears throat> my second point is more than money. They're also raising awareness, you know, and maybe get people to do ongoing contributions or whatever. And then the third part is, you know, I like the fact that, you know, your objection to the whole thing isn't the auctioning of people. It's just how much money they're raising. <laughs> well, <if it's, laughs> In Ski's day, exactly. people went for a lot more money. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, fiscally, fiscally speaking. Couldn't even pay for the boat ride for $5,000. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody got to ride steerage. Yeah. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that stuff still goes on. Like, have you heard? I don't think I've personally ever heard of a bachelor auction or bachelorette auction. Um, have Have either of you two? No, no. I mean, I guess maybe for like, like Smiley's morning show. Like, maybe he did something like that. Yeah, you maybe know, like yeah, radio DJ yeah. zoo crew type stuff. Maybe yeah, do stuff. But yeah, not on the norm. Not for charity. Yeah, that might have been for like a because they did that smiley morning prom yeah, type yeah. thing. Maybe it was like auctioning off at him to be your date yeah, for the prom, yeah, something exactly. like that. Now, one thing that was actually on a previous episode of Golden Girls was uh, they were going to do a, a celebrity auction. Remember where they get like celebrity items donated? Mm-hmm. I can see that being much more uh, plausible, right? Mm-hmm. And probably more profitable because you don't have to have anyone over there, and you're not, you know, selling humans. And, uh, <laughs> do you think that someone actually gets to keep something? It's true. Do you think that's basically what Omaze is? Since like mm. so much of their different things are like to have lunch with the celebrity. I don't yeah. know what Omaze is. Yeah. It's a charity type uh, yeah. fundraising website, but a lot of what it is is you're you're not bidding per se. You're buying entries. Yeah, um, okay. like a raffle like, type yeah. thing. But a lot of the prizes are like, oh, you can have lunch with you know George or sip tequila with George. George Clooney or something like that. So um, like an experience type thing. Yeah, but a lot of it involves, you know, spending time with a celebrity. Yeah. So in a way, I mean, granted, you're not, it's not an auction. It's that the highest bidder gets it, but you get more entries, I think, if you s- put more money into yeah. it and yeah. such. And so. Yeah. I've done a few um, through them and through uh, Fandium. They do the same thing. Um, but, like, different things like Grateful Dead and Fish and different things like that they'll have, you know. We, not, like, ticket stuff select concerts or like when they do like there's destination type things in Mexico or whatever. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, I'll donate 25 bucks in hopes I get to spend a week in Mexico with like fish or whatever. Like a fan experience or like an upgrade or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about having lunch with Bob Weir? <clears throat> I'd be okay with that. Um, I'd like to have lunch with Bob Weir. I'd, I'd exercise with Bob Weir. Oh, is he know? a big uh, fitness mm-hmm. guy? Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. Like J.K. Simmons. No, her fit. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Is there any celebrity that you think you would just feel too intimidated to go have lunch with them? 
Um, Elvis Costello, Bob mm. Dylan, Robert Pollard. Um, I think maybe I, I think Paul and Ringo, I think they would, they're probably used to putting people at ease. Mm. So I think I'd be okay with them. Yeah, because they're just so big that everyone who they meet, they have to put at ease. Exactly, exactly. I um, would like to think that they're the opposite. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm Ringo Starr. Yeah. A beetle. Yeah. Well, you'll never be a beetle, will yeah. you? No, in fact, there are only four of us, five yeah. if you want to kind of, you know, mess it up a little bit. But <laughs> well, it's, um, it's, um, it was Bob and Tom, actually. Um, they were interviewing Ringo Starr, and they asked him who the most famous person he'd ever met was. And he's like, George Harrison, he was a beetle, you know. <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so let me ask you this, though. How do you think you would do, like, on a lunch with, say, uh, Natalie Portman? Uh-huh. And not well. So, yeah. So, do you think it would be harder for you, not necessarily someone who is an idol, but someone who's, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but a crush type of celebrity, would that be harder for you than seeing? Vivacious, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Vivacious. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Christy McNichol are sitting around having shrimp shooters <laughs> <laughs> at Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of you're all like there, and you just keep doing that, humming, humming, humming. Anyways, um, well, we get into a scene five. Uh, mm-hmm. The girls are in the kitchen celebrating the five thousand dollars that mm-hmm. he alluded to that the auction raised, mm-hmm. and Dorothy giving Blanche a hard time about going for twenty five fifty. Mm-hmm. We later find that a mariachi band went in together on a date with Dorothy, mm-hmm. not Dorothy, excuse me, with Blanche and Rose. Mm-hmm. So I guess they bid, what, 51? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they got the, the two-for-one type of a deal. Well, it was 50, so maybe, yeah, I mean, it's like... Yeah, I mean... It's a nice round number. Yeah, well, they said 25.50 is how yeah, much. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, well, like, 51 would be a rounded number. Like, oh, okay. Well, I assume that, you know, they were just trying to top... Stanley, you know, so they bet five hundred, but they thought they were betting pesos. Ah. And so with the conver- <laughs> with the conversion rate is twenty five fifty. Hi, hi, hi. Not hey, sure last about that. Yeah, I'm not going to co-sign on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right with the it's a me Mario, but exactly, exactly. Still the best line. Yeah. We generally lay off the Italians, but. Yeah. <laughs> your British accent you've done a little bit. You've yeah. been very international today. Hey, look <laughs> so. at that. Didn't um, I do a French accent before? You were talking about a, a French artist or something? Uh, last week, I think I did, or I didn't do a French accent. But I, I, I think accent. I did. Though. Yeah. No, you did. Yeah, about the 11. Remember that the two pencils together oh. would be oh, 11 yeah. instead of 69. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fine French accent, um, but... If you missed that episode, I'd encourage you to listen to. Yeah, there's a uh, season one, episode twenty, adult education. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and check not. it out. <laughs> well, anyway, Dorothy laments all the chances she has given Stan and asks. Believe that m- episode came out in October of 2021. <laughs> yeah, for our last five stars that we got. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Five star rating. <laughs> exactly. They're like, well, this podcast has peaked. Yeah, I'm getting out now. <laughs> I would have done the same. (laughs) You and me both, brother. (laughs) Well, Dorothy laments all the chances she'd given Stan and asks how many times that you can bang your head into the wall before it starts to bleed. Rose confidently replies, nine. I disagree. (laughs) It's all about force pressure. Oh, one time would be enough. Yeah, for sure. Depends on the wall, too. Yeah, that's true, but... Because, uh, yeah, I would say like a scrapey wall, like something that's like a, <laughs> you know, stucco type Or wall. glass covered. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would just be able to rub up against it, not even bang your head into it and bleed. But. Yeah, but I think it takes Rose more just because of the, you know, pounding Charlie gave her over the years. Right. Like she, she, she calloused. Exactly, you know. <laughs> you don't spend as many nights as she has clo- that close to the headboard. <laughs> you know, that is, that's, I like that a lot. That's funny. <laughs> That's, that's the reaction most people want. <laughs> so, uh, well, Blanche commiserates about a similar man who wouldn't give up, and uh, Dorothy thanks them both, uh, noting how much she appreciates the Rose didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I think she says something to the effect of, like, oh, thanks for everything. And Rose is like, well, I didn't even do anything. She mm-hmm. said, you have no idea how much I appreciate that or yeah, something, some, to that something to that effect. Yeah. So that brings us to a, uh, a recurring of one of our fan favorite um, 
fan favorite uh, segments. Harold and Barney. What's that? Harold and Barney. No, that that is a good one. Don't uh-huh. get me wrong, but no, this is. Did Sophia's, you dive? No, no, not that either. Sophia's Choice Cares, our uh, new advice segment. Not new because this is the second time <laughs> that we've done <laughs> Sophia's Choice Cares. As a matter new of fact, new adjacent. Right. The first time that we did Still this. Still got that new feature smell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now this, I was looking. It smells for, like tuna quiche. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> I was looking for some helpful things to get out of a relationship. Okay. But there's nothing I found that was funny enough to bother with. Um, it was okay. all far too serious. But I did find 10 things to say when you want someone to leave you alone. Because, you know, okay. Dorothy wants Stan to leave her alone. But this is kind of more for your casual encounters, not so much. Okay. So, uh, like, someone. someone's coming up trying to give you a pamphlet or something? Exactly. Yeah. Very, very uh, accurate. Talk to you about Christ. So, real quick, before you read these 10, mm-hmm. what, I guess... You know the answer, so I have to direct it towards Ski. How many of these do you think would also double as a one-star review of this podcast? <laughs> how, many, how many of the things that he's about to talk about? Yeah, would could also be used as a one-star review of this podcast. Three. Three? Okay. Well, that's, that's my prediction. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I'll be interested to see how, how you guys come out on that. So <laughs> just to give credit where credit's due, I did find this list on the Odyssey on, or let's see, the the Odyssey set online.com. Mm. Okay. So anyway, you can look it up there if you want to. Ten things to say when you want someone to leave you alone. Okay. So number one, ask, who's your favorite serial killer and why? Mm-hmm. So do you think that could be used as a one-star <laughs> review? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I Depends could. Depends on, are they like accusing one of us? It could be. Um. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying we're all serial killers, but which one's your favorite? Right. So yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that would qualify for a one-star review personally. Okay. So I'm going to go over one. Okay. Uh, Serial killer shows do incredibly well. Oh yeah, God, they're so much better than our show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, tell them to watch out for the rabbit. So, okay. So, <laughs> just so we're clear, grand finale. I need the two of you to be involved in a murder suicide, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then I'll do the sequel podcast where I analyze what led to you two winding up naked, dead in each other's arms. I thought it would be more of a Dexter thing where one of us would go be a lumberjack. Mm. <laughs> it could be, but uh, I don't know. I think Brent wants something a little more salacious and public. Gotcha. Right? So yeah. it would definitely bring a, a, a light to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where would you like our bodies to be found? Do you have a preference? Oh, dealer's <laughs> choice. Oh, okay. Walmart. Walmart. Sporting goods. TGI Friday's parking lot. <laughs> well, one of us there. Jim Harden. Never one forget. of us in a, a like nearby uh, Baseball little field. league field. Yeah. How would you react, do you think, if they found our bodies in TGI Friday's parking lot and I had written on our bodies, Jim Harden, never forget? <laughs> any responsibility? No, not at all. Not at all. I don't have on mine. Brent requested this. Yeah. Yeah. I I think my bigger thought would be like, huh, I guess they did hang out without me. (laughs) Well, so if Ski has written on his body, Brent requested this, does that make you the murderer? Like, you killed me, wrote that on my body, and then put Brent requested this on your body before you killed yourself? Just trying to make Brent happy. (laughs) Well, Ski is the people pleaser. <laughs> He's like, hey, after that car accident, you should have been dead already. You got an extra seven years. <laughs> well, I borrowed time. That was Brent's turn. <laughs> Not to die, but to you know, have that bit of extra joy in his life. So. All right. Well, number two on this list, uh, tell them to watch out for the rabid dogs that are on the loose. <laughs> I think that could be a, a one-star review of this podcast. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. I'll give a little check mark to that one. Yeah. All right. So number three, uh, let them give you their pitch and stay quiet with a blank look on your face for at least five solid seconds, then start making rapid hand gestures as though, as though you were signing to them, like using sign language. Mm. I don't think that would work as a one-star yeah, review. I don't think so. Uh, number four, this strategy actually, now this kind of calls back, but it works with any language, French, German, Spanish, etc. all seem to do the trick. Esperanto? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but again, I don't think putting a one-star review and just putting Spanish or some other foreign language would, would really apply. Google and, Translate would make quick work of it. Right. Although, it would be awesome if it was gibberish and Google Translate is like, <laughs> dog walks far times one, three, <laughs> twice. I, dis- I disagree. Like I think there would be one star. nothing. 
like at this point, yeah, feel free to give us a one star review, people. Okay. Mm. But my recommendation to you is, you know, if you are bilingual, okay, leave us the one star review, but in that second language, fluently put, I could not understand what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty great. I still don't want a one star review, but maybe you could wait till the end of Golden Palace and then then leave that at the very end. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, so number five, uh, blow the whistle that's in your backpack uh, whenever they start talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be a pretty good way to get someone to leave you yeah. alone. <laughs> uh, now, this one I think would definitely apply. Uh, number six, uh, say, the voices warned me about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, number seven, ask a... Uh, how hard did you cry when Michael Jackson died? <laughs> <laughs> I think that counts. <laughs> We've definitely had an episode or two where that would be a fine right. one-star review. I'm not saying I agree with it or it's sure, accurate, yeah. but I can see somebody putting that as the review. Okay, number eight, uh, when they start talking, look into the distance beyond them with a terrified look on your face until they turn and look, then you just walk away. Yeah. So, I don't think that would really translate, though, yeah. to a review. Yeah. Okay, number nine, uh, say the sentences with the words in them in the wrong order. Example, don't to you, I really want to talk. <laughs> and, you know, tran and they give the translation, I really don't want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, number 10, uh, when they start talking to you, look scared and start hyperventilating. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't think that would work, but you said three, didn't you, Brent? Ski said three, yeah. Oh, how many did you say? Did you? I, didn't, I didn't. Okay, well then, Ski, you were correct. Yeah. Oh, I'd say there were three that qualified. Yeah, uh, good job. Now it does I try given... not to chime in with any uh, input on that because I don't want to scare or skew the uh, results. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. You win the booby prize. So, <laughs> Alan, whip it out. <laughs> uh, well, it's this is an audio uh, medium. <laughs> so yeah, we but were he gets bit... his prize at IRL. So. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to see nor hear that. <laughs> Anyway, they did have an addendum on this, too. Uh, in order to fulfill its purpose, all the strategies must be carried out with the utmost seriousness and commitment. If you pretend to speak French, you have to only speak French every time you pass them. When correctly executed, these replies have the potential to help you evade any annoying communication with people in general. Mm -hmm. so, so, once again, I want to remind everybody that Sophia's Choice cares. I would really love if someone tried like speaking a different language. And then the person immediately switched to that language. Yeah, that would be kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> or if they were like, uh, finally we can communicate in my native tongue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would work especially if they just had like one, you know, phrase in that, like you know, uh, no habla español or uh -huh. English, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they basically know. was like, oh, it's okay, I speak Spanish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, all right. Well, did you guys have anything else before I jump into the last scene, which is by far, I feel like this last scene was half the episode. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I'm good. You all right. Proceed. Well, some time has passed, and Sophia and Angelo show up and uh, start complaining about the water pressure and closet space in Angelo's free apartment. Mm -hmm. It seems that Angelo has been complaining nonstop about everything about the apartment except for his rent. Mm -hmm. uh, he even had a, a big housewarming party uh, that kept the other tenants up until dawn and that Dorothy wasn't invited to, which that bothers me a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Did you mention that he's not paying rent? Yeah, he's, he's living there for <laughs> mm -hmm. free. Dorothy is his benefactor. Mm -hmm. Dorothy is his niece. Mm -hmm. um, and he invites everybody, but, like, I don't understand. Including Stan. Yeah. Stan commented yeah. on how good the party was. Yeah, there's just no good reason that Dorothy mm -hmm. wasn't invited, in my opinion. And that just irritated me. and made me think Angelo's kind of a dick. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> And really, everybody for not calling Dorothy and yeah, being like, right. hey, come on over to the party. You're all bad friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that 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 roiled me a little bit. Um, I can see Stan not inviting her just because she kind of told him, we're only business partners. Yeah. Don't call me for other stuff. But at this point, Stan hasn't accepted that yet. I mean, we get into that as the scene goes on. But when that party True. happened, yeah. Stan was still hoping for more. So, surely he would have been like, hey, babe. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Stan. Uh, come on over to this party right. at Angelo's. Uh, but the, Dorothy goes on um, that, uh, well, Sophia says that uh, it wasn't her crowd, which Dorothy replies, that's funny. It's the same excuse you used when you didn't invite me to my sweet 16. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Angelo again pipes in, that was a great party. Uh, yeah. yeah I really like that line. Mm, the line. That line was good. Um, but 
Uh, Stan arrives, and he and Dorothy go to the kitchen to discuss the date arrangements. Dorothy says she's not going, and Stan says that it's uh, God's will, citing that the uh, about the uncles, that her uncle came to town, his mm-hmm. just died, her uncle needed a place to stay, his uncle left a building mm-hmm. um, as the evidence. Yeah. And he says uh, that if Dorothy won't take him back, um, that he'll... Uh, live on the floor. I can't remember. Like, he gets on his knees and starts begging to her, and then he's right. like, well, if you won't take me, I'll just live down here, and he lays kind of face first <laughs> on the floor, which I did think was some funny physical comedy. I'll give him credit there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophia comes in and offers to get a shovel and a hefty bag before realizing Stan is still alive, mm-hmm. and then when he does get up, she tries to finish the job with the toaster, uh, and Stan, you know, comes running out of the kitchen back into the living room, and she tells him to slow down because she's an old woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was... It reminded me of uh, uh, our Lewis and Clark mm-hmm, thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. You were chasing after me, saying, slow down, I'm trying to kill you, <laughs> yeah. Indian boy or something. Yeah, we'd made a Lewis and Clark video for our uh, probably junior year, I think. <laughs> Sounds right. Um, history class. Yeah. And yeah, I think that there was a part where I was supposed to be chasing after Ski. Uh, he he played a Native American. Yeah, that's right. He was playing a Native American in our thing, which he was... Was there any face paint or no, 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 nothing, nothing like that? But at one not point, not even costumes. <laughs> the joke was is that uh, I can't remember. I was trying to chase after him, and I had to be like, "Slow down, Indian boy! I can't <laughs> catch you because he was going too fast for me <laughs> to catch him on this video." Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, and it's funny because he was in that video, but he did not go to that school with us at the time. <laughs> he was just a you know, he was a busting Indian boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so Dorothy, uh, you know, he gets up, um, runs out of the room after Sophia's chasing after him, and uh, Dorothy tells Tan Stan to get out, and that she's, uh, and that uh, she's going to sell her half of the building because mm-hmm. she doesn't even want to be in business with them. Uh, he blackmails her, I think, saying that if she does that, then he's going to turn it into, like you know, business space. Exactly, like yeah, for his company. It's born a, yeah, it's born act incorporated or something. Yeah, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Processed potatoes on the first floor, mm-hmm. but and so she says that she'll keep it, but that that's all that it's going to be. You know, that just going to be this business relationship. And he, she says, you know, he says something like, "Fine, if you want me to leave." He says something like, "You're always going to be my girl, but if you want me to leave, I'll go." Which I don't really like the "be my girl" thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of sounds a little possessive. Yeah, uh, but he leaves. Kind of his milieu anyway, isn't it? Yeah. And she does a countdown, which she had done this early in the episode, so it was a little callback. Early in the episode when he had stormed out, she did kind of like a 3-2-1 countdown, and then he mm-hmm. comes back in. And this time she does the 3-2-1 countdown, and he doesn't come back in. Mm-hmm. And she even pokes her head out the door and kind realizes. that he's not there, yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, so he's gone, and she seems a little wistful about the relationship possibly actually being over at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also... Seems you know to understand that it's a good thing too if he's maybe, maybe slightly up. relieved. Yeah. yeah. How can she move on with her life if he's constantly popping back in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she should talk to Rose. Yeah, Rose <laughs> might have a little bit of a uh, sage advice on that. Um, well, Angelo says uh, sometimes it's harder to close a door than to open a window, and Dorothy thanks him and uh, says that he's wise. But then after she leaves the room, she he reveals to Sophia that he was actually referring to the apartment, but that he'll mm-hmm. take wise. Yeah. Um, I didn't really understand what the advice would mean. Like, if you were taking it as some sort of a form of advice, not a complaint. I think it's the, like, a, it was meant to be kind of a paraphrasing of when uh, one door opens, another door closes, uh, one door closes, another door opens kind of thing. Saying, like, opportunities, you know, present themselves when mm-hmm. one thing is closed off, another opportunity arrives. So it's easier to, it, sometimes it's easier to find a new opportunity than it is to close the door on an old opportunity? I I think, I'm not, I'm just saying I think it was a paraphrasing of that. I don't think it was well delivered. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out how it's wise, like how yeah. she took it to mean. Yeah, I don't even know if I agree with the sentiment. I mean, <laughs> I think eventually you run out of options, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, the final door's going to close and you're just screwed. <laughs> <laughs> At what point do you think you run out of options? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe your sixties. <laughs> I mean, they're they're probably. I don't know. I guess Rose found Miles and Blanche finds new guys all the time. I read these articles on MoneyWatch.com occasionally, and it's mm-hmm. these people. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they they write in with their money quandaries, mm-hmm. you know, or dilemmas, yeah. and. 
oftentimes it's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I married my husband who's the love of my life, and we got married when we were like 60 years old, and now mm-hmm. he's in bad health. And so it's like it kind of goes to show there's still doors out there for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, even as you get older, <laughs> that you can find the love of your life in your yeah. 60s, but then you know, mm-hmm. he becomes a burden later on <laughs> because he's sick and you yeah. still want to live, and mm-hmm. he's given a lot of his money to his kids. So, yeah. But, anyways. I will say that um, I do think, like, Natalie Portman is going to age gracefully. Okay. So, like... You're going to keep that window open. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, like if we're in our 70s when we finally sort of meet of and everything... That's brave. That's real brave. I think... Yeah. <laughs> You're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if it takes that long for the stars to align, we both find ourselves single. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll probably be when we're in our 70s, when our respective spouses have, you know, died away of peaceful causes sure. and everything. So, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean. She's uh, going to be put together well, and, you know, <laughs> I like to think I'll be okay. <laughs> so do you think there's... <laughs> Let's say that she ages incredibly gracefully. Like she ages like a Helen Mirren. Okay. Gracefully, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you age as you probably would age. Um, <laughs> like, like Abe Vigoda? <laughs> right. Well, we'll just say like your dad. Like you saw your dad when he was older, you know? like in the. Uh, I'm like a Michael Caine and she's a Helen Mirren or something? I don't know. Michael Caine's still a pretty good looking older man. Okay. Um, you're a, oh, who was that actor from the last episode? Um, Hal Linden? Yeah, no, the Cheese Man, two episodes ago. <laughs> Barney Martin? Yeah, you aged like a Barney Martin. <laughs> she ages like a, yeah. um, you know, like a Helen Mirren. Uh-huh. Do you think at that point you'd be like, well, Helena, I got to take my chances. I'm sorry. Like, even if she hasn't died off on her own, you're like, look at me, look at her. She's willing to take a chance. I'm sorry. You got to let me go. <laughs> you got to let me pursue my dream. <laughs> I provided for my family for nigh on 50 years. <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> I mean, I think she'd have to at least be understanding <laughs> of your situation. Yeah. At that point, she'd probably be so tired of you anyway. She'd be like, but this, do I get a dowry? Because <laughs> I'm sure she still has a pretty good chunk of money <laughs> you yeah. know, set aside, so... Yeah. She got that Star Wars money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you think you would have, like, would you call her Padme as a pet name? No. no that's mm. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of like calling Carrie Fisher Leia or something like that. Uh-huh. And she's even far more associated with Leia than I think Natalie Portman is with Padme. Yeah. Exactly. It, 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 yeah, it's like, ooh, child senator. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you put that extra connotation on it. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for Anakin, okay? He had no problems. And he was younger. Yeah. The only problems he had were with sand. <laughs> so scratching gets everywhere. So, anyways. Um, yeah, so Dorothy thanks them, says he's wise. Yep, that's so that in our episode. Um, we only had uh, four guest actors in that one, and a couple of them repeats. Uh, Herb. Edelman, of course, played Stan for the 21st out of 25 times. Uh, Bill Dana, he played Uncle Angelo again for his third of six times. We get kind of a keeping helping of Uncle Angelo in season seven. Cause Maybe she has to keep visiting the uh, apartment. Yeah, it could be. Um, then we had uh, Lou Felder. He played Terry. 66 titles for him. This is his only Golden Girls. Uh, nothing that I felt like was particularly outstanding otherwise. And then uh, Tom Seidman, he played Man. 64 titles for him, uh, 14 of... I think he did a really good job with that role. Yeah, he, he was a very convincing man. <laughs> um, but he had uh, 14, uh, 14 as an actor, so most of his things were doing other, you know, other movie-related or whatever, TV-related. any other roles? I'm not sure, but I do know this is the only Golden Girls that he did play Pops in one of Ski's favorite, uh, Clowntergeist. <laughs> <laughs> Which, clown uh, yeah, I believe it's like ghost clowns or something like that nature. So that that kind of checks off two boxes for people who are scared of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, terrified of clowns or terrified of ghosts. So uh, that's that's my recap, Brent. Okay. Um, so I think we talked about our favorite lines as we were going throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, who was your MVP for the episode? I gave it to Sophia. It was uh, another episode where I didn't feel like there was one person that truly shown above the rest mm-hmm. but i like sophia better than the other options so she was my she was my pick I've, i didn't like that she was siding with angelo and all of his complaints yeah but aside from that i was a fan of sophia yeah i mean i like that she was willing to help dorothy hide the body mm-hmm. so cool 
I'll go with that. I think that's a few as well. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Peter Byte. Okay, who's oh, was that? Who's Peter Byte? Is he the director? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I think he really laid the groundwork for you know the three Emmy nominations <laughs> and one win <laughs> that he received for Will and Grace a few oh, years yeah. later. Very so. nice. I. Uh, it's funny. I guess when we talk about our our uh, give it our slice of cheesecake, we'll see if we. Agree on Peter Bites contributions. Whatever. <laughs> 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 so, how many slices would you give it? I didn't like the episode. It was my, one of my least favorite of the season so uh-huh. far. So, just two and a half slices for me. Yeah. I, I didn't like Angelo um, because yeah. I didn't like that he was bitching about the mm-hmm. free apartment. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, that was the only part of Sophia I didn't like is that she co-signed on part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I never right. liked Stan Edelman um, yeah. or. Sir Edelman. Edelman as Stan. Um, and I didn't particularly like the whole idea of the auction. Like, mm-hmm. It was just was so much of it. A lot it. of problematic stuff. Well, yeah. and I, I know that you're saying about raising awareness, but who needs to raise awareness that kids are sick? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like they spent, I mean, even if they were like, after all expenses, we still came out 5,000 ahead. That's great. But it's really like that you had an event to have fun at, and here's a little token <laughs> Donation that came yeah, out of that. The hospital costs, especially, it just seems like. Oh yeah, five, five grand is like, oh good, little Susie has a discount on her MRI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, so two and a half, two and a half slices is what mm-hmm. I give Paul Bite in his episode. Okay, but but I think that justifies me giving him the MVP <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> no I'm serious. Or Peter Bite, sorry. yeah, Peter Bite. Um, Dick Bite. <laughs> okay, I'm giving it two. Um, how about you? I, I was going to three. I, okay. I went down on the fact that I was really put off about Angelo. Exactly. Uh, mostly, uh, largely because like, I thought his first appearance was kind of endearing. Mm-hmm. He was kind of lying to everybody, but he came clean. And, yeah. Uh, I thought he had like more of a came soft was a real stand this episode, honestly. Yeah. yeah, he's much more of a jerk this time. Yeah. Well, like you guys said, you know, none of the actors in this episode had anything really redeeming about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only semi-charming moment was, um, you know, Uncle Angelo talking about having two eyebrows now. Uh. <laughs> I mean, that was the closest thing to a really good moment that we had. I got and a, you can't give somebody MVP for that. I got a it's, rebuttal it, in a second. Here. So once you take the actors out of the running, you know, you're left with Christy McNichol. But you already said <laughs> we couldn't give it to her. So I was like, well, let's give it to the director who went on to do some stuff because... You know, I mean, you didn't even want him introduced at the start of the episode. I introduced him. I just didn't want to tell you about him. Mm. That's their job, to find out about the director. You want to know who the boom mic operator is? By all means. <laughs> but if, I'm only talking about the people on the screen. Those are the real money. You don't talk about the writers? I, I just say their names. Uh, it's No, it takes a village, you know. Yeah, to raise an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, what was your rebuttal? <laughs> so, my rebuttal is... <laughs> <laughs> I caught that. Don't worry. <laughs> it was just so a we're joke talking, meant in yeah. love. If we're talking about MVPs, I think uh, going to the producer or the director, rather, he should have got the LVP based on all the things we just discussed because the director would have the final say on, you know, probably some of the no. writing. No, not in TV. Like, you don't it's, think so? No, it's a writer's. Well, medium. he would have definitely at least yeah. been been able to take a. a a directorial point of view on how things are delivered. I think he did the best with what he had. Uh, well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying everybody hit their marks, you know. It was a well shot episode. Alright. I guess I can I can get on board with that part. You know. Put together at least, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think Susan Harris calls the shots, you know. So you know, he You don't think Matthew Diamond and all uh they don't have a, enough say on any of the writing? I mean, maybe. Or plot lines or anything? I mean, I think maybe Terry Hughes yeah. had a bit of clout, you know? Yeah, but not some a, guy, hired gun like, who's in for a week. Yeah, I five, agree. Five of seven seasons, he was like the guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is weird. I, directing in TV does seem like an odd thing because there's so many episodes of different shows where it's like, oh, one of the actors you know, directed mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. It's where you kind of feel like, does their job matter at all? <laughs> yeah, you know? um, I mean, at least after a certain point. Like, once the show's established and you've gotten the... You know, mm-hmm. feel for the show and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and the characters are more or less established. It does seem like the director is all uh, interchangeable. Yeah. yeah, as long as they keep continuity, like as far as how people are p- portrayed. Yeah, but again, like Brent said, most of that is comes down to the writing and the editing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not so that's much. true. I would say like we've encountered at least you know a handful of instances where 
we've commented it like the end, like that's not something Rose would do, or that doesn't seem like Blanche or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just lazy show running. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So I think we're all on the same page, though. This was a pretty mediocre episode. Yep. So you so. said two. Yeah, yeah. I was two and a half, and Brent was three. He was three. So yeah. two and a half average. That's pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Bite you know, got his nomination for mm-hmm. MVP. I think it's well earned. Sure. <laughs> I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Okay. Fair I don't enough. see him uh, scoring too high in the future, though. Mm. Yeah. No. I think at, at the end of the day, I think he's going to have as many nominations as Paul Dooley, <laughs> which nothing to sneeze at. You know? I don't know. I would have been just as fine with it if you decided to give your nomination to Man. Because <laughs> I think that, that was the guy who yelled out that he would take Dorothy because of the honey and whatever oh, yes. else. That would have been a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're my MVP to the pervert. Yeah. That man's living his truth. <laughs> in front of everybody, in front of exactly. the high society. Exactly. <laughs> the hoi polloi no. Yeah. He likes his honey. Everybody did give him kind of a side eye after that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't, don't, uh, uh, I don't know. Don't get mad at a person for living their best life. Exactly. <laughs> He's exactly. willing to pay for it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? Um, yeah. If, you know, if you can't live your best life, then you're no better than them sick kids. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think that should be our new sign-off. <laughs> All right. I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, I got it for posterity. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're six, six seasons deep. Yeah, exactly. Well, Brent got it in. He said stay golden, Coco, so we're good to go. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.